mean, and I'm gonna be a lich for like a really long time. I figure some kind of paladin's gonna roll up on me at some point and take me out, but. And then you guys can make out. I think when I become a lich, I will no longer be attracted to things except for power. And I'm fine with that. Wait, once you're a lich, you're no longer into. into I don't know, I'm just assuming. The pleasures of the flesh? No, just pleasures of power. Okay, so this whole lich thing just got a lot less attractive. Really? <laughs> anyway, okay, this was a weird conversation, and I blame you. It's always my fault, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Happy <met>. Pride. <laughs> <laughs> Happy Pride. Um, so, hey, let's intro a show real quick, and then we'll talk about the whole Pride thing. Sure. Okay, hold on one second. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's hot. There is, look, did you know that fucking pine trees make pollen? What? Yeah, it's everywhere. <laughs> That's news to not, me. Here's the thing is I'm not super allergic to it. It just is a substance in the air that my sinuses are like about, you know? And yeah. So this isn't a, like, it's an attempt at arboreal bukkake, but like, I'm so used to so much worse. It's like, oh, look at you, you little bukkake. Yes, it's a thin, thin prickly bukkake, which is not my prickly? favorite. Prickly? Isn't it prickly? Isn't it Prickly? Prickly? There shouldn't be anything prickling you. Are uh, you talking about pine you know trees? You know what? Yeah. I'll, I'll take whatever I can get. You know point. what? Let's just move on. Okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> hey, everybody. Welcome back to Dark Side Divas, the podcast where a woman and a gay man express their opinions about Star Wars. My name is Stephanie. I'm the woman half of the show. And I... <clears throat> oh, my God. Have, I have a co-host... His name is... Uh, <laughs> hey, everybody. I am Chris, and I am that homo dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun <laughs> sexual. And, uh, yes, remix. <laughs> and on. Stephanie, Carabas, they came from behind. <laughs> <laughs> why, did you, why were you drinking something when, when I was... I don't know. Oh, it was such a dumb idea. Why do I do these things to myself? <laughs> so, hey, happy Pride. Hey. Hey. Even though we're not a queer podcast. Hey. Happy Pride. Or, or feminist podcast. Oh, yeah, that's right. We're also yeah. not very good feminists. Yeah, we, um, hate, we, uh, we hate women. We hate all queers. That's we... not what was implied. <laughs> it was just implied that we don't feminism well enough um, because we don't. Look, okay. Well, I don't. I don't. You know what? I will get to that. I will get to that. Ooh, First, we're let's talk to about that. Pride. Happy yeah. Pride, everybody. It is the beginning of Pride Month. Uh, and we have, here's the thing. Um, my family lives in Colorado now. We moved out of Texas. And in Texas, particularly where we were living in Texas, which was, you know, trending blue, but honestly, the whole area is pretty red. Um, so we never, for Pride, we never did anything. Mm-hmm. We never like put up decor. We never put like a love is love flag outside or anything like that. We never did anything like that because it was Texas. And because we were particularly for the last few years, um, trying not to draw any attention to our household right. at all. Uh, because uh, one of my kids is trans and, you know, Texas doesn't like that at all. And um, 
you know, has a directive in the AG's office, although that's a whole complicated thing. And, you know, what just Google Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton, you'll see what I mean, um, about, you know, removing trans children from their parents' homes, et cetera, et cetera. It's a whole thing. So we were trying not to draw any attention. So we never put up any pride decor. Uh, but yesterday we, as a family, because we're in Colorado now, went out to a store in public, gathered pride items off of shelves, carried them in our hot little hands around the store without a care in the world, purchased them, got uh, a smile and a, and a celebratory like hell yeah moment from the cashier, left, put them up there on display and visible from outside of our house. Wow. I know. I sent Chris a picture. I'm so proud because you can actually, like, it's not a lot. It's not a lot. We didn't paint the whole home rainbow or anything. But it's there. The fact that it's there at all, the fact that my kids felt comfortable going out in public and picking things that if they carried them around could identify them as members of the Legibitaquois army, all of that was fucking revolutionary for us. And we're just really happy to be where we are. Yay. Yay. Happy Pride, everybody. Happy Pride. So there's that. That's my happy Pride story. Well, uh... I don't have one. <laughs> uh, you told one during the the preamble with the patrons. <laughs> oh, I did. I did. Um, I, I generally uh, don't go to the Pride Festival type right. stuff. I appreciate the history and I appreciate the uh, protesting aspect of it a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but I feel like this year is like super important. Right. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'll, I'll say this for those of y'all that are going to participate, uh, be please be very very careful and be, be very vigilant, and yeah. don't just be show aware. up. Be aware, and don't. Just, I mean, look, I don't usually have problems with people that are just going to go up, go to some sex party, and be ridiculous and bang. Um, but you can do that year round, right? Um, and this pride is just like it's super super important. I know that there are, and I'm going to call out a specific. Uh, component of the queer community specifically gay men y'all um it ain't just about dressing up in rainbow colors and going to see some b-level pop star at your local (laughs) pride festival and then getting super drunk and doing god knows what else and fucking god knows who um it really is a a this really is a protest and a celebration of that protest and i would really appreciate it if y'all like took that really seriously this year um, it's not necessarily going to be safe for a lot of people doing pride festivals. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, you WeHo gays, you New York gays, appreciate what you got. I would hope that the New York gays would be, because they're closer to the actual origin of pride. Yeah, well, about um, that. Yeah. Because the first the first pride was a riot. I'm just, you know, okay. Um, my kids are well aware of, of the activist history and, and the bloody history behind why we have pride. And like this pride's been a fight for a whole lot longer than it's been a rainbow glitter sex party. Yeah. And particularly now, um, with hundreds and hundreds of anti-trans bills, um, and just this huge upswell of movement against the LGBT community, Maybe we take it back to the roots a little bit and remember that Pride is about activism more than it is about a party. Yeah. But that being said, I'm going to find a festival. Yeah. You're going to party kind, and you should. And we're we're going to go. And I'm going to let my kids see that people can actually live out loud and be their authentic selves. And hopefully, you know, we don't get <clears throat> visited upon by white supremacists or anything like that while we're at it. Right. Because that's a real thing. That's a real thing. So, again, while you guys are out there celebrating Pride, please be aware of your surroundings. Keep your head on a swivel. Have comfortable shoes in case you need to run. 
Mom said, you have to do that now. <laughs> uh, can I uh, go on a real quick rant? Sure. Yeah, uh, it's pride related. Cool. Uh, when I was 18, I complained about the capitalistic tendencies of pride festivals and and uh, I was, you know, upset with like banks sponsoring and having the rainbow logos. And of course, now today is going to be the day where we see all these companies like suddenly support gay rights and all that kind of stuff. Right. Um, but there's been a growing number of uh, folks in the queer community that have been protesting it as well. Mm-hmm. Don't have a problem with uh, people calling that out. I, I kind of feel like sometimes it gets like a little bit much uh, still. But, uh, you know, if you're going to be criticizing capitalism, I would really appreciate it if you didn't have a room full of uh, Star Wars Funko Bots and um, action figures and posters and all that sort of thing. Because you like capitalism a lot, according to that. Just saying. Okay. That's all I'm going to go. That's all I'm going to say. Okay. Uh, so, so mode it be. Let it be. Let the record show. Chris says, if you want to protest the capitalism associated with pride, you need to give Stephanie all of your Star Wars Funko Pops. <laughs> I'm not necessarily like super pro cap. I we just had the conversation. <laughs> did, this you, what did you just almost say? What did you just almost say? I, that you're not pro capitalism. I, I'm fucking I'm technocrat. Not, Don't lie no. I'm not to super pro. I'm not super pro. I oh. I, I subscribe to the Gene Rottenberry theorem that. As a species, we need to get to a place where we don't need an economic system anymore mm-hmm. because it's, it's ridiculous that we have this notion of wealth. Uh, when you die, your bank account doesn't come with you. Your right. house doesn't come with you. All the money in your bank account ain't going to fucking save you from mortality. Um, so whatever. Hi, Boomer. We have a Boomer among us. I was wondering because I saw her little tail go under your chair like 10 minutes ago. And I'm like, that can't, <laughs> that can't be good. It was yeah. The, she she's been circling me like a shark, uh, but instead of my blood, she demands cuddles. So. I or mm, blood too. Today, today, <laughs> this Let morning. There be blood. <laughs> in this moment, it's all about the cuddles. See, patrons, Aww. she's right here. Aww. We're just gonna do this for a hot minute. Yeah. Okay. So about how we're not very good feminists. Um, look, y'all remember the premise of the show, right? Uh, that here on Dark Side Divas. You know what? Let me just explain. What we're doing on this podcast oh. is we're watching through the entire Star Wars visual story in chronological order. So pause that spiel. So we're watching in chronological order, which means we're talking about it in chronological order. Now, uh, sometimes we will refer to stuff that has happened later, particularly if it's um, material that we know extremely well. Um, I'm referencing the original trilogy all the time. Oh, yeah. Because I grew up on it. That's like in my blood, right? Um, and we're gonna so, a, yeah, we're, we're going to have a hard time not just literally quoting the entire fucking uh, trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, we'll jump off that bridge when we get to it. Um, so we when we go through this material, we go through it from from the perspective of where we're at right now, of, of our chronological journey, because so much of uh, of our perspective on on the visual story is changed by the fact that we're going through it in chronological order. So if we fail in your eyes to comment on certain aspects of the material, particularly the feminist aspects of the material while we're going through it, that's because we haven't gotten to that yet. Yeah. I'm sorry that we're not commenting on exactly how, you know, how many episodes of Rebels pass the Bechdel test. Um, just because we praised last episode where it absolutely fucking did. And it was fucking amazing. We see these two women go on this uh, 
fantastic, death-defying space adventure. Yeah. Um, if we're not commenting on the entire series, that's because we're in season one. <laughs> Hang out with us long enough. We'll get to the end of Rebels. And then we will comment on the whole series. I promise. I promise. We'll get to it. Like, have some patience. Yeah, but, may, you know. may I recommend y'all, if you don't believe us, may I recommend you either listen to our Revenge of the Sith episodes, <laughs> where we pop the fuck off about that, uh, or about George Lucas and women. Uh, and then, of course, uh, on Marvelous Divas, we started off uh, talking about the Bechtel test, specifically with uh, the Agent Carter show. And uh-huh. You see me get edumacated in real time because there's a lot of stuff I didn't know that Steph taught me. And yeah, uh, like like women cool. being allowed to eat on screen. on on screen. Yeah, yeah. How that's not a thing. Which makes which which helps me really appreciate Gilmore Girls a lot more because um, that's all they fucking do is eat on screen. Uh, so you know, cool. <clears throat> yeah, Gilmore Girls most likely learned it from Golden Girls. Golden Girls made a very specific, deliberate point about it. God, I want cheesecake right now. Cheesecake. Oh, Hello. cheesecake. Boomer, fuck off. <laughs> Still circling. Did Boomer get sure. lost in the room? She's over there. Yeah, but it, for a bit she was looking around like, holy shit, where am I? Yeah, no, that's her constant state. <laughs> All ginger cats share a single brain cell. Uh, she just forgets to sign up for her time slots. Sure, sure. God, it must so, be. What a life. What a I know, life. right? Oh. No, oh. We're, no, not a care in the world. <laughs> okay, so... Um, that's it. Like, if we, if it seems like we're not being good feminists in the episode that you listen to, please observe the previous 117 episodes <laughs> we've done uh, before you come for us in and question exactly the quality of our feminism. Nice. Anyway, so uh, do we want to get into it? You want to? Uh, I have a review. Oh shit! Okay, go. Uh, Intextual has written. This has taken over my life. <laughs> uh, okay. That's healthy. Uh, hello there. I am a recent Star, War- Star Wars fan, but the fandom has taken over my life. I started watch. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, I started. Wow. I started watching it so that I could bum my friend's uh, Disney Plus account. But now I've been consumed by the galaxy far, far away. Since December, I have watched the first six movies: Clone Wars, Rebels, Tales of the Jedi, and The Bad Batch. Holy crap! Nice. This podcast helped me since out December. Of- since December. I admire your dedication. Right? This podcast has helped me lift, helped lift me out of a deep, despairing depression month after losing tech. I'm about to finish your season seven coverage of Clone Wars, and I have so greatly enjoyed the ride. Because of your thirst, I have a greater appreciation and thirst for the clones and the villains of Star Wars now. Yes! Uh, Our legacy! (laughs) (laughs) We're making people hornier. That's great. Uh, uh, P.S. This is not meant to be a promotion, just a way of sharing thirst. My friends and I have discovered a site called Nerf Herder Co., which sells very accurate wax melts, fragrances, and candles of Star Wars characters. You can buy boxes of wax melts to smell. Between the three of us, we have amassed five boxes of smells, including Rebels and the Bad Batch. Personally, I spray tech on my pillow and wear Thrawn to work. And Stephanie is quickly, (laughs) very quickly, going to this website right now. Uh, And I actually looked at this website yesterday when I found the uh, review, and... um, I'm not saying I have some shipments coming my way, but, uh, you know. There's a, a <laughs> there's a candle that is scented like Melurun juice, so. Yep, which smells delicious. Does it? 
I mean, I drink it at Disneyland, so I'm, I'm hoping it smells like that. I don't know. From the pictures, it looks like pineapple may be involved. Anyway, you know, I'm just going to save that tab for later. If there's, a res- if there's a Rex musk. If there's a, if there's a Rex scented, I'm on it. Yeah. I'm on it. I would, you know what? <laughs> My husband can judge me when I open the package when it arrives. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. Okay. So um, thank you very much for that review. Appreciate it. Thanks for the referral. I know it's not a promotion or anything, but I'm going to check that out. Because <clears throat> <laughs> I like things that smell good and remind me of sexy men. So mm-hmm. anyway, are we ready? Are we ready? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. All right, so uh, as I said earlier, what we're doing on this podcast is we're watching through the entire Star Wars visual story in chronological order, which means we started with episode one, The Phantom Menace, and we have been verbing forward through time since then, and we find ourselves today in Star Wars Rebels, talking about season one, episode eight, Empire Day. What? Is it episode eight or episode seven? Shit. Uh, Eight, I think. Here's the thing about that. Uh, It depends on who you ask. Oh. Um, because, uh, some sources treat the first two episodes as separate, as, as, as one episode. One and two. Yeah. It makes sense some, to say aired together. Some treat it as one. So hold on. Let me, the last one we did was episode seven. So yeah, this is episode eight. God damn it. I'm so good at this. Hey, do you have an intro for Empire Day? Fuck. <clears throat> Happy Empire Day. Ezra Bridger has a chip on his shoulder while the rest of the ghost crew plan an explosive act to disrupt the celebration of the rise of the Empire. And yet the Imperials seem to be distracted and looking for something or someone. <gasps> ba 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 bum. Yes. Okay, so mm-hmm. behind the scenes, real quick, uh, for this episode, it is directed by Stephen G. Lee. Back again. Yay. He's directed several, so here he is. Uh, But the writer for this one, this is uh, not his first. He also previously wrote for Rise of the Old Masters. Um, But I don't think we talked about him in detail, so here we go. Henry Gilroy Mm -hmm. is the writer for this episode. He has 53 writing credits. They are all animation. So again, is there Is there a relation to uh, Tony Gilroy? I have no idea. Okay, well, glad you did your research. Hey, kids, if you want to see uh, a look of absolute hatred, you can go to our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Divas Podcast, and look at this face that Stephanie is giving me right now. It's like the, so, Termi- it's like the Terminator. So are you are you deliberately provoking me just so you can do Patreon commercials for our podcast? Is that what this is now? Um, here's the thing. I, I know I'm an antagonistic person. Um, I know I'm going to hear about this for years. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I figure, why not monetize it? Oh my god! <laughs> but you're not a fan of capitalism. No, 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 no. Uh, oh, oh, no! Oh, I'm, oh, I, oh, I'm, oh, oh, I am, oh, 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 I'm addicted to the oh. fame. <laughs> and for the applause, 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 applause. Oh shit! <laughs> Fuck you, Steph. God Never getting out of your head. Okay. Anyway, Henry Gilroy. No known relation to Tony Gilroy. Uh, has written for a lot of animation uh, and a lot of Disney. Here we go. <clears throat> He's written for Tasmania, The Wacky World of Tex Avery, The Timon and Pumbaa series, The Lilo and Stitch series, The House of Mouse, G.I. Joe Renegades, Hulk and the Agents of Smash, Good Lord. Ultimate Spider-Man, and Dragons the Nine Realms. My particular faves from his... And this is just highlights. He's got a lot. But my particular favorites from his list are Super Robot Monkey Team Hyperforce Go. What the fuck? <laughs> 
never watched a single episode. I just love to say the name. Uh, he also wrote for Batman the Animated Series. Which uh, which one? Batman the, the Animated Series. Like our Batman? Kevin Holy Conroy, shit. Mark Hamill. Yeah. That's... Yeah. Okay, so he's been in the biz for a bit. For a hot minute. Yeah. yeah. He also wrote on the screenplay for Mass Effect Paragon Lost. Did you ever see that? I've never seen that. Oh, girl. Okay, so it's an anime uh, that is set right before, not too terribly long before Mass Effect 2. It follows the traumatic backstory of one James Vega. (gasps) I know. What? Uh Uh-huh. So, yeah, it's got Freddie Prince Jr. uh, voicing James Vega for this anime. It also has, like, half the cast of Critical Role in it. Yeah, no, it's good. It's real good. I need to be squeezed by Mr. Vega's arms. Oh my God. Anyway. Please, please. My God. God, I love him. Um, anyway, so Mass Effect Paragon Lost. 10 out of 10 recommend if you're a Mass Effect fan. Ultimately, Henry Gilroy um, has in his career written 21 episodes of Clone Wars, and we will see him connected to 16 more episodes of Rebels. So, cool. Dude knows what he's doing. Full credit to writers. Huh? Yeah. How about the we writers? Like writers. Yeah, yeah, we love writers and we support the writer strike. It's almost like without writers, uh, we wouldn't have any of this glorious material to fan over. Um, so maybe they should be um, paid a living wage and recognized for their work. Same. Crazy. Crazy. We support the writer's strike. Okay. Do you have anything before we get into this up? Uh, I got shit. Cool. <laughs> All right. So I'm just here to talk about Star Wars. The episode opens with no TIE fighter scream, and I try... To process my disappointment. <clears throat> we do get a lovely long shot of Lothal's sort of endless sweeping prairie situation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's very, very Kansas, very Wizard of Oz pre-colorization. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Uh, but we do see like a ship flying over what is a clear, it's a, it's a truck stop, right? Right. Like it's, it's a small town. It's a truck stop. It's really strong Wild West vibes because you had all these little like outpost towns that would pop up along railways Along fucking wagon trails and shit like that, just in the middle of the fucking prairie in the American Midwest during the whole push across the continent thing. Uh, so th- that's the vibes that we're, we're serving here. Um, but where we are is old Joe's pit stop. <laughs> or as it was known behind the scenes by the production crew, Joe Thal. I love that. Cause it's old Joe's and it's so are we, this is like the Bucky's of Star Wars. Yes, absolutely. I love that. Absolutely. Uh, uh, y'all, if you don't know what a Bucky's is real quick, uh, if you're driving on some freeway in some rural place and you see this like massive, what looks like super shopping complex, but it's actually a gas station, that's Bucky's. It's amazing. Isn't that just a Texas thing? Uh, no, there. Uh, I found uh, there was one in Oklahoma. Nice. Uh, I have Oof, actually, Oklahoma. I've seen one in Colorado. Huh. But it, it's like out there. It's like, it's not near you at all. Right, because everything's very close together where I am. So there's no need for this island of light and technology where you can buy beaver nuggets and beef jerky and uh, and also take a shower, like all this shit. Yeah, this yeah. is amazing, you guys. Which is and, and a place like that is super necessary on the Texas highways because it's 900 hours from one stop to the next. So yep. anyway, getting back into the episode. So uh, Hera, Zeb, and Sabine are walking up to Bucky's and uh, <laughs> Sabine pauses uh, to watch Ezra and Kanan, who are just like right outside town. Hanging out in the in the grass, doing the thing. They are Jedi training in full view of Joe's pit stop. Yeah, what the fuck? 
Yeah. Uh, so much for you discretion. Know, you know, I guess they just feel really comfortable here. Maybe nobody will notice that somebody is like te- uh, <laughs> uh, telekinetically moving rocks with their mind, but whatever. Well, they didn't actually do anything overt with their force powers. We'll get to it. Okay. So Kanan is trying to teach Ezra how to make a connection to another being. Yep. Right? Uh, and Ezra is not feeling it. No, it's super moody. He's he's serving emo. I just went to the Cure concert realness. Well, he's serving 15-year-old boy yeah. realness. Um, mm-hmm. He's really like, can we just do this another day? And and Kanan's like, nope, we're doing it now. And that's because Kanan has not yet learned that there are times when you can push a teenager and times when you should not. Right, um, right. He hasn't figured that out yet. Uh, and this is really one of those times you should not. Because the more you push, the more they push back, or the more they just go away. So Yeah, also, I think, I would think, maybe, maybe, uh, if you were born born and taken into the Jedi Order at an early age, maybe you would be less of a bitchy teenager. <clears throat> maybe. Um, all evidence to the contrary. Um, yeah. Anakin Skywalker. So Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah, I, I get it. Okay, I'm wrong. We didn't. We didn't see Obi Wan as it. Well, no, we did. He no, he was in his twenties. He was in his twenties, but it was still bitchy. So I can't imagine yeah. what teenage Obi Wan was like. Look, not even the light side of the force can save you from teenhood. <laughs> okay, it's just a thing. Anyway, so Kanan's like, "No, nah, we're doing this today." And Ezra's like, "Oh my god, fine, just throw the fucking rock." So Kanan throws a rock into the grass, and out pops a Lothcat. Hello, Lothcat. Hold on, I'm trying to get it to do things. Okay, it's not doing the angry noise. For those of you who are not watching the visual version of this, um, a while back, Chris got me this Lothcat, and it makes noises. Um, and I'm trying to get it to do, like, the angry noise, because the Lothcat jumps out of the grass and it's all angry. But this, like a good cat, is not in any way... Per- yes. <laughs> He's not performing the way I want him to. He makes angry noises. I just need them to... I don't know how to do it. I can't remember how to trick... Oh, there it is. Hold on. The Lothcat jumps out and goes, ha ha. <laughs> 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 oh my God. I love my Lothcat so much. Um, this is part of why you don't see Boomer in the shot right now. Yeah. She hates him. Um, I don't know why. Lothcats are great. What does that sound? It's very angry. Wow, that I've never heard that one. Well, he just keeps going. Um, that's the angry noise because that's what happens when you squeeze his tail. So wow. good to know. Good to know. Um, anyway, I, I love this guy, but he normally he lives up on the shelf out of Boomer's reach because she has tried to murder him several times. I mean that's the that's the noise I make when it, you hit it right in the perfect spot. Anyway. <laughs> Right, so a Lothcat <laughs> jumps out, and it is angry. And Ezra's like, ugh. And Kanan's trying to teach him how to connect, right? right? Connect to other living beings. And Ezra's like, I don't think he wants to connect right now. And here's the thing, neither does Ezra. Ezra and this Lothcat are definitely on the same vibe right now. Okay, this this Loth... Are you hearing this? I, I, Yeah. It yeah. just keeps making noise. We're just going to let it keep doing that. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, Ezra doesn't want to make a connection. The cat definitely doesn't want to make a connection to sullen teenager. Uh, so they're just sort of like 
hissing at each other. Uh, and Kanan goes, you're resisting. He can sense it. And Ezra says, he can sense it? What is he, like a Padawan cat? <laughs> right then the Lothcat attacks Ezra. So... Mm-hmm. <laughs> And like, Kanan thinks it's adorable. But when you see Ezra now on the ground with an angry Lothcat, like barely held at arm's distance from swiping at his face, the Lothcat is almost the same size as Ezra. Yeah, I always forget they're that big. They're big. Yeah, they're pretty big. Yeah. And like, Ezra's not huge, but still, like the size of a teenage boy. Um, That's a big pet. Yeah, I'm telling you, Lothcats are built different. They're not like Tukas that you find anywhere else in the galaxy. Lothcats are different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are like prairie vermin-fed Lothcats. They're they're mean. Anyway, Ezra's not getting the point. He doesn't understand why the fuck we're all doing this. And Kanan says, the point is, you're not alone. You're connected to every living thing in the universe. But to discover that, you have to let your guard down. You have to be willing to attach to others. <laughs> Pause. A Jedi preaching that you should attach? I got confused by that as well, among many other things. Uh, but uh, so what is the line, Master Jedi, or I'm sorry, Jedi Knight, uh, between uh, uh, attaching yourself a little bit or being attached too much? Like, where, where, well, how do you regulate that? I think what we're seeing here is what happens uh, when, when a Jedi, a Force user, is not in the temple. Is not being raised in the Jedi Order, particularly the Jedi Order as we last saw them, with the, at the peak of their hubris and corruption uh, in the Republic. This is a, this is a Jedi in the wild. This is a feral Jedi, <laughs> right? So, <laughs> and he's someone who absolutely has attachment. Yeah, right? he's committing a big uh, violation. By yeah, but who's who's going to call him on it? They're all dead, so it didn't really fucking matter. It's almost like without the dogma surrounding uh, the core of your faith, you can actually practice it in a more in a more true and organic way. See, this is why I don't like organized religion at all. Like at yeah. all, yeah. No, it's I it's mean, it's, a, it's almost ugh. as if the philosophy is more important than the institution. Absolutely, mm. it's almost like the 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 rules uh, and and the all of the dogma and the structure that they built around the faith uh, became more important. Than the actual message of, wow. of what was at the heart of it. Um, but that's not, that's not like real life at all. No, 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 no. The story never reflects anything that we're actually experiencing. So, yeah, Kanan, Kanan has found the value of attachment. He sees not only that it's valuable, but that it's absolutely necessary for the understanding of the Force. To be able to understand that you are, in fact, attached and connected to everything around you. Hmm. That you can't hold yourself apart or you are depriving yourself and the force of that connection. So, Jedi, make those connections. Hey, hey, hey. Um, Yeah, so there aren't any others. In the future. As far as Kanan knows. he's Like like when Luke rebuilds the Jedi Order and it thrives and there's all these Jedi everywhere. And certainly not. He certainly doesn't repeat the same mistakes and gets a... Anyway, we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about it when we get to it. Anyway, so while Kanan's talking, uh, the cat is soothed and so am I. Uh, and, and it calms down. And it's, and it's like, hold on. It's going, come on, do it. Do the thing. God damn it, this cat. Do it again. Oh. 
It's making cute little meow noises um, much more consistently than my stupid little robot lost cat that I love so much is doing. So I'm going to put that down. You failed me as a prop. There you go. Is that, I mean, so I, uh, listeners, I got that, I got that from Batu. Um, right. But at the Disney. At the Disney. But isn't, isn't that a Batu cat, not a Loth cat? I don't know. It's because Loth cats are from Lothal, right? That's why it's the Loth uh-huh. part, right? But that one's from Batu. Honey, you real? Here's what I. So, Batu and Lothal, these are not real places. Oh, the, oh um, Batu is real. I was okay. there. I, I'm there. I go there. So it's a fictional place that's built in a Disney park. So you're clear. How dare you? Yeah. Well. So no. And besides. There's nothing saying that they didn't go to fucking Lothal, capture a bunch of Lothcats, and bring them to goddamn Batu to sell in the again pet store depot they, that you got they, them from. They traded the Lothcats for coffee. Yeah, absolutely. That's yeah. how Kanan got it. Yeah, that's funny. That's how he got his fucking spear and calf. Ew, he's capturing Lothcats and then going to Batu and trading. How them do you coffee? look? Look, he talks them into it. We're seeing it happen right now in this that, episode. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. All right. Head cannon. Anyway, God, getting back out of fan fiction land. Uh, and the self-insert AU that you live in. Uh, let's get back into this episode. Uh, so Kanan's like, look, you can make a connection. See, the Lothcat likes me now. And Ezra's like, what if I can't? What if that's something I can't do? And Kanan's like, if you hang on to your past, you can never connect and you can never be a Jedi. And Ezra's like, well, I guess I'll never be a Jedi. What a bitch. Look, it's not a good day. Ezra is extra prickly. Yeah. And he says, today's not a good day. Today's never a good day. It's Empire Day. <gasps> Empire I Day? Know. It's like it's the name of the episode or something. And then we see TIE fighters suddenly appearing in the air. And yeah. Kanan's like, uh-oh, that's not good. And, and I got my TIE fighter scream. Yeah. That's exciting. Yeah. And, then, um, <laughs> <laughs> and then we get the Rebels title. What? Empire Day. They're confused to see this many TIE fighters out this far. Jothal is really far away from the capital city. Right. So so we get a shot of the exterior of Joe's pit stop. And I had to pause. Of course you did. Because we get a ding on the nose art counter. Right. What? Yeah. We're in Rebels. We get... Cast your minds back, y'all, back to Clone Wars, where we would count every time we saw nose art on one of the Republic gunships, right? Yeah. So the 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 top, the front of Joe's pit stop, the sign for Joe's pit stop is the nose and wings of a Republic gunship, but it's not just any Republic gunship. According to the nose art on the front, this is the Crumb Bomber. What? The nose art on the front is Salacious B. Crumb holding a bomb. The fuck? Now... This is one of those meta moments because obviously in Clone Wars, in the story of Clone Wars, they don't know who the fuck Salacious B. Crumb is. Right. That it, That's a monkey lizard, a Kowakian monkey lizard that shows up in the original trilogy. But it's so cool. Salacious <laughs> 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 B. Crumb is the nose art. And in Oribesh, next to Salacious B. Crumb, it says, laugh this off. So like I love a bomb, that. you got to laugh off this bomb. Anyway. So yeah, ding, on the, the nose art counter for Joe's Pit Stop. But then you get inside, and there's so much Clone Wars era junk in here. Oh my gosh, yeah. There are clone trooper helmets, like behind the bar and stuff. All the light fixtures inside are, are pit droid heads. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Shit like that. It's so fucking cool. I, they clearly had a really, really fun time, like, putting together Joe's Pit Stop. So I hope it, It's like it. a greatest hits uh, of, of Clone Wars stuff. 
It's so cool. For the animators. So, cool. yeah. so what are these TIE pilots doing? Okay, so this confused me. So first oh. of all, the TIE fighters land. Okay. Uh-huh. and then Right outside. Right outside. Like, okay, girl, you didn't, you're not going to pay for parking. Okay. Nope. Um, and they go into the cantina. Everyone's inside. And the pilots start interrogating people. I'm like, yeah. what the fuck are they? Be- they're, they're pilots. They're not investigators. They're fucking pilots. They're wearing those stupid ass... Black helmets with the hoses coming out the front, connected to their right. back. And it's mm-hmm. so awkward to like even hear them, much less have a whole conversation with them. Uh, one of them has a data pad that has a, a, a Rodian uh, on it. And they go up to one of the other Rodians in the cantina like, is it the same one? Nope, nope. Uh, They're totally, it's a racial profiling. Yeah, racial Absolutely. profiling. Yeah. Um, Ezra, Ezra sees that they're interrogating people, asking about him, and Ezra says a name as if he well, recognizes he recognizes him. the picture. He recognizes the picture. A Tzibo. 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 Okay. Tzibo. Tzibo. Just, just don't look at the text. Okay. Listen to what they said. They said Tzibo. It fucks with my dyslexia. When I, I know. Um, anyway, um, and then. Uh, so yeah, so Ezra recognizes the person that they're looking for, but but he doesn't say anything to anybody else after he mentions the name. Right. And then and then the pilot looks up at the television behind the bar, and is like, "Why aren't you playing the Imperial broadcast? There should be Imperial broadcast at all times. It's the law." Blah blah blah. Once again, we have messy Ladius Palpatine <laughs> requiring people to watch his television network. I was a hundred percent expecting, like, as soon as they turned it on, for it to be like Akmina singing. Me too. In the <laughs> and if they had done that, this would have been the greatest episode of all time. Yeah, like even if we just cut away from like the end of the song, you know, yeah, just just the last few notes of goodnight but not goodbye, and then boom, we get into the news broadcast. That would have been perfect. Oh well, missed opportunity. But what are you going to do? Anyway, but the TV does indeed have some interesting information. There, It's celebration time because it's Empire Day. Empire Day. Celebrating the 15th anniversary of the galaxy's salvation. Yeah. Yay. It's the 15th anniversary of Empire Day. The 15th Day. anniversary. That number Ooh. is that number again. Yeah. Uh, um, so this is, this is mandatory state-run media. Yeah. So let's pause real quick because this is this was very deliberately included uh, for because because this is what fascist states do. Right. Is they control what information you get. Uh, they they control what you see and what you know. Um, in fact, even the image that they put up of Palpatine is from when he was younger and comparatively more handsome. Uh, than his like post Mace Windu dis- disfigurement, right? right? Right, And that is also something that actual dictators and real real world state run media do. They put their most flattering footage and pictures up, and that's all you ever see. I mean, same. <laughs> but there's a difference between your Instagram and oh, I was talking about my grinder, but sure. Okay, and <laughs> and and what you communicate to the entire country that you're subjugating. So. This is where we really start to see that the use of media is a big deal in Rebels. Right. Uh, because it's they're showing through the telling of the story how truth can be twisted and how it can be um, manipulated into something that doesn't even rec- re- resemble itself uh, and used to control the public. The, public. the public's opinion is fed to them by the fascist state-run media. Um, and that's the story that we're telling in this kid's show. But don't worry, guys, there's no politics in Star Wars. Nope, none. None whatsoever. Certainly, certainly no new parallels. Uh, no parallels to anything that actually happens in the real world. Um, did you notice the news ticker at the bottom? 
of the screen. I did. I had a hell of a time reading it, though. Yeah. So uh, it scrolls by. I did not. Sorry, I'm not this dedicated. I didn't like pause and freeze frame to to translate it because I didn't need to. Uh, because StarWars.com told me what was in that news. <laughs> nice. The news ticker at the bottom, like it, like any good news broadcast, it'll have like another like breaking news story going by in the ticker at the bottom. Yeah, and uh, this one tells the tragic story of the Boo Boo Farm and how they were attacked by rabid lothcats. <laughs> so <laughs> that's a real thing. I yep. love that. The Boo Boo Farm. The Boo Boo Farm. Rabid Star Wars. Rabid fucking lothcats. Also, the voice. For this, you know, the, the propaganda guy voice yeah, yeah. Uh, for this. This is a character that we'll actually learn more about later. Right now he doesn't have a name. And I had a fucker of a time trying to find out who did the voice. Because on Disney Plus, you get to the credits at the end. Because it's not credited on IMDb, who's doing the voice on this uh, broadcast, right? Right. So I'm like, okay, maybe it'll be in the credits on the episode. You get to the credits on Disney Plus, the credits are in German. Yay. They credit the German dub actors. So I'm like, God damn it, I had to go to my other source for episodes mm, uh, that is mm. certainly 100% legal and go to those credits, still not credited. So then I'm like, I'm going to fucking find out who this was. I had to dig. I found an interview with Dave Filoni about this episode where he confirms that is Steve Blum. Nice. That's the voice of Zeb who is doing the broadcast. God damn it. And, you know, if I had just been patient and waited until this character appeared in later episodes, he's probably credited as such. But I am who I am. Master Mouse, I would like to apologize for the implication that Stephanie may have watched uh, one of your IPs on something other than your platform. I wouldn't have had to if you didn't have your fucking credits in German. I fucking hate that. I, I, I hate the... Uh, Hold on. I don't mind crediting uh, people. <laughs> right, uh, right. But like it's The German either... cast should be credited. Absolutely. But like the way they do credits and then if if you get to the – sometimes you don't even get to the credits because there's that thing that pops up. you like, right. we're going to play the next episode in five, four, three, two. You yeah. know, and you're you like, have shit. To click, 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 yeah. click, click. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. It's a whole thing. Anyway, <clears throat> so uh, one thing about this is the the TIE fighter pilot was like, you have to turn on the broadcast. It has to be playing at all times. It's, it's the law. The law. Uh, so then while this broadcast is going, uh, with its happy Imperial March music, we'll hear it again later. I love that. Uh, it gets uh, interrupted by Senator Gold Travis. What? A.K.A. Brent Spiner. Yeah. I urge you to boycott all Empire Day celebrations to protest the ongoing injustices of the Imperial regime. So now the pilots are like, oh my god, turn it off. And Joe, behind the bar, is like, Can't. It's the law. Ha! I have to leave it off. Snap on. back. And, and I love Joe. Uh, Joe, Joe is an Athorian. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe for president. Joe spinoff series when... Right. Uh, so in my love for Joe, I was like, I'm going to look up Joe on Wikipedia. Guys, don't look it up. Don't look it up. His story doesn't end well. Yeah. 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 Uh, so the pilots leave and the broadcast gets turned off. Hey, when's the last time we talked about Athorians? Uh It's been a while. Uh, All right. So shall we do a quick review on sure. Athorians? Uh, because they're going to talk to Joe and Joe's awesome and he's an Athorian. Um, in my opinion, Athorians are the fucking coolest looking alien species in Star Wars. Okay. They're the most alien-looking uh, species to me. Okay. And it's fucking awesome because they're not just like – they're not just a person with makeup on, you know? No, like they, it's, a, it's a whole thing. 
Yeah, there, there's an entirely different, cause that's like a thing like in Star Trek and stuff and like, and the near human species and stuff in Star Wars. The aliens tend to just be a person with makeup on. Right. Right. Um, but Athorians, no, total off the wall, totally from, a, they look like they're from another fucking planet, like they grew up in a different biology, cause they did. Uh, they are native to the planet Ethor. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are known for their rumbling, resonant voices because they have two mouths. one on either side of their long angled neck uh those mouths are connected to a total of four throats uh which we saw in the gendy tartakovsky clone Wars series can be used to perform a sonic attack as needed because they're so loud uh they also have two stomachs so that's fun because of this physiology they are physically incapable of speaking basic so they wear these translator collars when they need to interact with non-Athorians, mm-hmm. which is what Joe is wearing. Now, Athorians are renowned for their very peaceful nature, so much so that if you are a violent Athorian, you're exiled from the homeworld. Oh, that's They don't let you stay. Yeah. So anyway, Joe, I love Joe. I love the Athorians. Um, and I'm going to pretend I didn't read what I read about Joe. And uh, he Joe, lives along. Joe lives a happy... He's on that island that the Bad Batch retired to. Yeah, absolutely. Everything is <laughs> fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. Anyway, so the ghost crew, the, the TIE pilots leave. The ghost crew sit down and they're like, um, what the fuck is going on? And Joe lets them know that there is a full planetary blockade what? on Lothal right now. Yeah, they're, they've shut down the ports. There are destroyers in orbit. They are looking for a Rodian. But not the ghost crew. But not the ghost crew. Right. And so they're like, cool, they're not looking for us. And Kanan's like, well, after what we have planned for today, they're going to be looking for us tomorrow. Okay, bro. I know, right? And then Ezra's like, cool, I need some alone time. Bye. And leaves. <laughs> so. And and the rest of the crew looks really concerned by that. Right. Uh, because Ezra Ezra acts out in a lot of ways, but this, this is new. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like he's, he's having some extra, like, big capital F feelings today. So we see some of where those feelings are because Ezra goes back to his penthouse squad apartment in the tower. Yeah. Uh, and he's like pondering why the hell the Empire is looking for whoever the SIBO person is. He goes inside. All of his stuff is still there? Yeah. I guess. Cool. cool. People in Lothal don't, don't steal, I guess. Well, I, they're not going to climb all the way up to the top of that fucking tower. Yeah, yeah. That's probably what it is. He pokes around in his stuff and he finds like a remote control? A g- garage door opener? A, a data pad? I, I don't know. It's it, not even a data pad. Like, it's just like a rectangular thing. Yeah, with circuits and shit. I don't know. Sure. But when he touches it, he hears a woman's voice say his name. Ezra. And he goes, Mom? What? Oh, no. And then he hears a man's voice saying, Ezra, we have to stand up for people in need, especially those in trouble with the Empire. And that's his dad's voice. Yeah. And suddenly he knows, he has a feeling about where Sibo is. So real quick, the voices of Ezra's parents. Uh, his mother is voiced, uh, Mira Bridger is voiced by Kath Susie, who is also the voice actor for Minister Maketh Tua. We will see her later. Yeah. She's, it's just one of those things. She's in the booth. She gets to do both characters. Good for her. The voice for Ephraim Bridger is Dee Bradley Baker. Aww. Who is also the voice of old Joe. What? Yeah. I knew I liked Joe. Um, so he's got a feeling about where... Uh, where Sibo is, yeah? Yeah. Cool. So he, I don't know, fucks off to go investigate that whole thing. And then we get a, speaking of pride, <laughs> <laughs> we get a parade. But it's a super fascist parade with walkers and uh, troopers and there's right, people lining like, up. 
This is legitimately how fascist dictator parades work. If you have a leader of your country who wants to have a parade celebrating the day he took over your country, and what he wants to do for this parade is march all of his military vehicles down the middle of the biggest street so everybody can see how fucking big his military dick is, you have a fascist dictator. That's what that is. But my favorite, mo- my favorite part of all this is the fact that they actually play a nicer version of the Imperial theme. <laughs> Uh-huh. And I'm like, I don't what? Like it. I don't like it. Oh my god! Because it is identifiably the Imperial March. Yeah, but it's like Happy Imperial March. And this starts. This kicks off a, a thing that I think uh, Filoni uh, has been doing this for a bit, where he'll incorporate music in into the actual scene and make it mm-hmm. like a real thing. Yeah. Uh, I fucking popped off uh, when I saw the Mandalorian uh, Coruscant episode, and I heard them play the Resistance theme uh, in mm-hmm. the background. I fucking mm-hmm. love that. Love it. Love it. Uh, so, yeah, it's Empire Day. It's the Empire Day military might parade with its weirdly happy, scary music. Um, and we get to the front. We see who's sort of running the festivities. It's Commandant Oresco, uh, apparently super honored that he was allowed by Governor Price to organize the festivities. And then there's Minister Makath Tua. Remember her from the Droids in Distress episode? Yep. Yeah, it's her. Uh, and she's like, yes, the governor is so excited to be with you. She does a whole speech, right, to the crowd, uh, where we learn that Governor Price, there's a Governor Price, by the way, who's in charge of Lothal. Yeah. We we have not met this person yet. We learn that Governor Price is a she-her. Mm-hmm. So that's fun. But she couldn't be here today because she was invited to Coruscant to celebrate with the emperor himself. Oh! Translation, we mean it. We may never see Governor Price. <laughs> yeah. So uh, she's been called to the carpet. She may or may, may not be back. But <clears throat> anyway, so she, the minister is giving like speeches and shit. We see Agent Callus. Mm. Which he's hard to recognize because his helmet covers his mutton chops. But he's there. <laughs> And he is harassing Rodians in the crowd. Again, we're racially profiling. Yeah. But he's harassing Rodians in the crowd, comparing them to the picture. The most Rodians... Okay, real quick about Rodians. Let's go back. So Rodians are a typically green-skinned reptilian humanoid species native to the planet Rodia. They have evolved in swampy environments. You know, we've been to Rodia before, way back in Clone Wars. Oh my Wars. God, like five um, years ago. Right. The Rodians are known for their large pupilless eyes that are capable of seeing in the infrared spectrum. Mm-hmm. So that's cool. They have two saucer-like antennae on their heads for detecting vibrations. And they have long-fingered hands with suction cup fingertips, the many, many applications of which we will not speculate on out loud. Huh. Suction cup fingertips. I mean... Well-known Rodians that we have met thus far uh, range from the Honorable Senator Onaconda Farr, from back during the Clone Wars era, to the wannabe dastardly but mostly dying on the floor of a cantina bounty hunter named Greedo. Aww. So, Han uh, uh, Hashtag Han shot first. Yes, Han shot first. Anyway, so that's he's looking for anybody with green skin, big eyes, and, and saucers on their heads, right? Um, but the particular Rodian in his picture has more of a yellow-green tint so he doesn't quite match to all of these other rodians yeah and if you're wondering how many color how many varieties of colors rodians come in according to uh star wars it's over 100 really yeah there are like many different shades of rodians 
There's so there, many shades of green. There's a I I want to say there it have was been a, red ones. Red, red yeah, ones, yeah. I was, I, I was just about to say. I think it was a Vader comic or a High Republic comic. I don't remember what, but there was there were. I saw there was a panel with a group of Rodians. Some of them were red. Some of them were pink. I think that means they're female stuff. What do you think about that? Look, I didn't want to get into it because there's not a female Rodian in this episode, but it specifically says on Wikipedia that you can differentiate the female Rodians because they have mammary glands. Because they have boobs. Um, yeah, right. They're, they're reptiles. Reptiles don't nurse their young. Uh, but Stephanie, how do you know if they're a woman if they don't? If they don't have fucking giblies bouncing in your face? I don't know. I don't know. How could we possibly tell? For some reason, I had a sudden flash of a Rodian, a female Rodian dressed like Jessica Rabbit. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. Well, that's in my brain now. Okay. Yeah. So, anyway, the ghost crew have arrived at the Empire Day festivities. Um, they don't have Ezra because he's off. He's off being moody. Yeah. Uh, and they're like, "You ready to commence the festivities?" Yeah. Okay. So the minister's speech is still going. She is talking about how Lothal is just as important as every other planet. I promise. I super promise. We're important out here. Okay, mm, honey. But you know why they might actually be important? Because they build fucking Tie Fighters. They do, in fact. They have a sexy new model of Tie Fighter. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Steph, would you like to know about the Tie Advanced version one? I would. Manufactured by Sinar Fleet Systems, uh, TIE Advance are equipped with two laser cannons, a cluster missile launcher, and unlike regular TIE fighters, TIE Advance could launch tracking devices onto ships. Yay! Ooh. Oh no! Oh, oh yeah! Oh, that's so bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, this version of the uh, TIE Advance does not have a hyperdrive. Uh, that's really oh. important to point out. Uh, later ones. Uh, especially one that was specifically created for a certain Sith Lord, uh, mm-hmm. will have a hyperspace a hyperdrive. Ooh. Okay, okay. Fun. And a, and a shield generator. Uh, uh, that's important, too. <laughs> uh, this tie advance, not so much. Uh, it's too expensive, you know. Right. Yeah. Well, that's not something you can do on mass production. No. No, 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 no. no. Um, because you don't have Dooku balancing your fucking spreadsheets anymore. So Snap. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so yeah, they, they wheel out the super fancy, shiny, brand new TIE fighter. And uh, <laughs> Kanan and Hera are there, and Kanan's like, Pretty, isn't it? Yeah, I almost feel bad about blowing it up. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. So cut to Sabine and Zeb. Sabine hands Zeb a bomb. Uh-oh. I feel like Sabine does this a lot, where she's just like, here, hold this, and it's ticking. Yeah... And, like, that's just part and, of living with Sabine. And, yeah, and nine times out of ten, Zeb is the one that she hands the bomb to. Right. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> she hands it to him, and she's like, when I say now, throw it up in the air as high as you can. And so he's holding it, and it's beeping, and he's like, okay, so now? It starts beeping faster. He's like, now? Beeping, beeping, beeping. How about now? And she finally goes, now. And he throws it way up high in the air, uh, and it's fireworks. <gasps> yeah. What the fuck? Yeah, it's 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 decorative. So I guess Sabine blows shit up, counter ding. But like, I mean, we never version? we never said the explosions couldn't be fireworks, right? So ding, Sabine blows shit up. Um, the fireworks are very impressive. Uh, the minister is like, "Oh my god, commandant, that's so cool!" And the commandant's like, "Yeah, I totally did that." What a dumbass! He's stupid. So the fireworks are to distract the crowd, while Kanan sneaks over to the brand new Tie Fighter and plants an actual bomb on that. He's sneaking back, but he doesn't quite sneak well enough because a stormtrooper totally catches him. Dope, dope. 
And we are treated to Kanan Jarrus's drunk redneck routine. <laughs> I just love the Empire. They're so great. <laughs> Bro, look at the fireworks. Oh my god, it's so pretty. It looks like a rainbow. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Ezra runs up right then and is like, oh my god, dad, hi, hey. And he's talking to the, the stormtrooper. He goes, sorry, mister, my dad is just so patriotic, you know? Empire Day! I love it! All hail our glorious empire! What the fuck? <laughs> uh, anyway, the TIE fighter fucking explodes. <laughs> yeah. And it's still fireworks, so it's so pretty when it explodes. Yeah. <laughs> still a celebration. Happy pride. <laughs> right. So they have, in fact, uh, set off a bomb at a public event. So let's pause here. Okay. Uh oh. I found an interview with Dave Filoni about this. Because this is like, is this an Onderon situation? Are we actually the bad guys? Are we actually terrorists here? Like, what's going on? Right. right? And so Dave Filoni, regarding the attack on, on the parade, on this TIE fighter, he says, quote, It was a challenging scene to do, especially that the rebels kind of attack during this celebration. I don't think our rebel crew would have wanted to actually hurt anyone of the bystanders there. Right. But they are just trying to display that the Empire doesn't have as much control as they would like everyone to believe. Uh-huh. So notice where the where the explosion was placed. Nobody was hurt. People were frightened. The crowd is screaming and running. Right. But nobody was hurt. Whereas back during the whole Onderon situation where we're arming, uh, arming the insurgents, etc., that whole like in Shadow War situation. Um, yeah, no, people got hurt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, because Sagarera doesn't give a fuck. He makes everything worse. Yes, he does. He's like that special spice that ruins everything. <laughs> anyway, so the crowd is running, screaming, crying, throwing up. Um, Callus appears. Zeb sees Callus, and Zeb is like, sweet, I want to kill him. Because remember the last time they met? Yeah, Zeb still, uh, uh, he has a hard on for killing Callus. Uh, and soon he'll have a hard on for Callus in general. <laughs> <laughs> it's like spoiler. It's like the uh, the flip side of hot for Lasat. So, uh, mal- malice for Callus. Mal- Ooh. Oh. Ooh, malice for Callus. I like it. We need to make like a two sticker set for that. I know. I know. Hot for Lasat. Malice for Callus. I dig it. Anyway, so he's totally about to shoot Callus in the fucking head. But right then, surprise! The Grand Inquisitor is also here. How could you miss him? His head is so big. <laughs> <laughs> right. But like, also, what the fuck is he doing here? Like, Why? Aren't you supposed yeah. to be out somewhere hunting Jedi? Why are you here? Right. Anyway, Kanan's like, Zeb, oh my God, if you must take someone out, would you take out the Grand Inquisitor instead, please? And Zeb's like, ugh, fine. And turns to shoot at the Grand Inquisitor. Uh, he misses, or the Grand Inquisitor, with the use of the Force, is able to sense that the thing is coming, and he dodges. Either way... He doesn't get shot. Shit gets blown up behind him, and the Grand Inquisitor stares at the ghost crew with one eye twitching, and I fucking love it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He hates them so much. He's annoyed. <laughs> anyway, so now we're running from the Empire, right? Yay. They are unable to rendezvous back with Hera uh, because there's, like, Imperials and shit blocking the route. So Ezra's like, I know a place where we can hold up until things calm down, but he turns to Zeb. Shoulders here won't exactly fit. Yeah, Zeb, Zeb's Zeb's got nice shoulders. And Zeb's like, "All right, fuck it, I'll climb, uh, I'll climb each all somewhere else." And Zeb starts just climbing up a wall, no problem. 
Yeah, he just, because he, we've seen him do this before. He just climbs up a wall. He's going to go run across the rooftops and meet up with Hera. Okay, good for yeah. him. So we get a quick shot of stormtroopers running around searching for them. Uh, and Ezra is watching them through the vent. So we get a ding on the Ezra's in the goddamn walls counter. God damn it. It's every time. Yeah, yeah. Then we cut to Callus and the Grand Inquisitor coordinating the search for them. Callus is like, I need schematics of all of the vents and all of the sewers, everything in the city. Because it's like he's catching on to the Ezra's in the goddamn walls thing. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I love it when bad guys learn. Uh, the Grand Inquisitor orders to lock down the entire city. Mm-hmm. Goddamn, this Rodian's important. Right? Like, really important. Right, because like the minister is all freaking out because she's like, oh, these rebels must pay for ruining Empire Day. And Callus is like, bitch, I need you to focus. Yeah, that sucks, but we need this Rodian. That, like, wow, they just blew up a TIE advanced uh, in front of an entire crowd, but the Rodian's still important? Right, like mm. the Rodian is still top of mind priority. Okay, okay, mm. cool. So we get to a house. It's boarded up. It's all boarded up. There are signs all over it that say, you know, imperial, condemned, off limits, go away, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and they're like, what the hell is this? Ezra takes the garage door opener out mm-hmm. that he got from his squat earlier and swipes it. It's a key card to the front door of this place. Oh. Yeah. And so Kanan says, this was your home, wasn't it? Where you grew up? And Ezra goes, I grew up on the streets alone. Okay. Friday, I'm in love. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, why are we here, Chris? Well, uh, one, to lay low. Also, two, Ezra has a feeling about something, and he finds this uh, secret compartment, like a basement trapdoor kind of thing, opens it up, and there's a Rodian that Uh is uh, completely uh, in the fetal position on the floor, and there's a thing on its head. Yeah, like uh, like Lando's uh, robot dude. Yeah, from, yeah. From the original trilogy, Lobot. Lobot, yeah. And, Lobot, okay. And the Rodian's acting weird. He's saying, muttering to himself, saying all kinds of stuff. And it's Sibo. It's Sibo. Sabine, I think it was Sabine. Uh, she explains that this implant on his head actually it helps increase his efficiency, but also sacrifices personality. Which mm-hmm. I'm like, ain't that the most imperial thing you could think of? And right. apparently the Empire, like, puts this on some en- engineers uh, just to get more productivity out of them. That's right. fucked up. That also means Lando, by the way, does that I, to that guy. I benefit of the doubt for Lando uh, that Lobot was already like that when he met him. I'm thinking Lobot probably wants it that way because he's like, ill feelings, ill personality. No, no, no. <laughs> which <laughs> which I, I respect that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so real quick about Sibo. Yeah. Uh, Zebo is voiced by Peter McNichol. You I, know who this is. Who Who is Peter McNichol? Uh, you remember Ghostbusters 2? Yeah. Janosch, the guy with the totally understandable crush on Sigourney Weaver? It's Fiegel! That, <laughs> it's Fiegel! He's amazing! Yes, that's Peter McNichol. What? Yeah, he's been a film and TV that guy since 1981. I, He's been in movies like Ghostbusters 2, Sophie's Choice, The Adams Family Values. Oh, yeah. He's mainly a TV guy, so real quick. Uh, he was in 24. Mm-hmm. 24 episodes of 24, because that's how that show worked. Wait, there are 24 hours in a day. It's The show's called 24. Is each episode like hour by hour, even though An it hour. takes way longer to do all that shit in a single uh-huh. hour? That uh-huh. show pisses me off. 
You know what I what I ended up calling that show is we, we called it a yet another day in the life of an impossible badass. So that's yeah, yeah. that's what that show was. Anyway, uh, Peter McNichol was also in Harvey Birdman, Attorney at Law, The Spectacular <laughs> Spider-Man, Grey's Anatomy, Young Justice, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Veep, 31 episodes of Chicago Hope, 94 episodes of Numbers, and 103 episodes of Ally McBeal. Good God. Yeah. He works, man. He works a lot. He's fucking great. I love Peter McNichol. And so, yeah, he is the voice of Zebo. Now, as Zebo talks, you will notice that he doesn't just speak basic. He sort of babbles back and forth in between basic and, uh, and Hadiz. Right. So all of his dialogue was originally written in English. And they went through and translated parts of it. Specifically, uh, parts of his dialogue were translated from English into Hadiz by Pablo Hidalgo who is the actual real-life Star Wars lore master with the Lucasfilm Story Group. I love that. So, uh, he's also a goddamn delight to follow on uh, on Twitter, you guys. Yes, he is. Pablo Hidalgo, he's fucking great. Um, so, yeah, that's Zeebo. Zeebo's not okay. He's, uh, he's not speaking very clearly. He's bumping into walls and shit. And uh, come to find out, according to Ezra, Zeebo is an old friend of his parents. Huh. Zeebo went to go work for the Empire... The, the Imperial Information Office after the Empire took Ezra's parents away. <gasps> Plot point. Yeah. And Kanan's like, um, uh, you never told us about that. Right. And like, A, y'all never asked. Y'all never asked why you have just a teenage boy, just a, an unsupervised teenage boy that you can just, you never asked. So there's that. But anyway, Ezra goes all like tough trauma boy defensive and is like, yeah, well, they've been gone for eight years. I've been on my own since I was seven. He's very upset. Yeah. So then Sabine uh, starts translating the the Huddy stuff that Sibo is saying. Because by the way, remember, Sabine speaks all the languages. God damn it. He's detailing Imperial fighter deployments on Lothal. That's it. Sibo has intel the Empire doesn't want getting out. So Ezra's like, whatever, and goes stomping off to the basement. Kanan's like, are you okay? And Ezra's like, I'm fine. And <sighs> Kanan's like, here's a perfectly wonderful time to reiterate my Jedi lesson from earlier. You got to let your guard down. Thanks, Kanan. Connect Kanan. with people. Kanan, really. As Ezra is disappearing into the basement, Sibo says, in, in basic. Ezra Bridger, son of Ephraim, and Mira Bridger, born 15 years ago today. And Sabine and Kanan are like, What? That's right. Yeah. Ezra was born on the day that, so that the Empire was born. What a fucked up parallel that is. Right. And like, birthdays are hard enough when you don't have your parents around. Oh, I wouldn't know. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> That's a joke, y'all. I, I, I know very well. Yes. <laughs> so, but here, so here's this kid, right? And he has had eight birthdays now without them. And so, yeah, the day's really hard. This is why he's been a right shithead this whole episode. Because it's fucking hard, man. Yeah. This is really, this is, he's got big, sad, bad feelings. And they're super legit. Super uh. legit. But the, his ghost crew family are just starting to learn about this because nobody fucking talks to each other in between episodes, apparently. So Ezra, he's down in the basement. He finds like a little disc thing. Uh, and he has like a weird force flashback where he hears Sibo arguing with his parents. The risk you bridgers take. Sibo say you must think of your son. He's all we think about. 
teaching Ezra to stand up for people in need. We're fighting for our son's freedom. Turns out, because uh, Sabine comes down and is like, hey, what are you doing? Uh, and Ezra tells her, it turns out his parents used to do anti-empire broadcasts huh. out of their basement. And yeah. and wow, so they've been they've been fighting the empire for a while. They had been, you know, anti-empire for seven years, up until the empire came and took them away. Hmm. Because that is the the dice you roll when you decide to oppose the current reigning fascist regime, is that you might get fucking black bagged and disappeared. <sighs> Fucked up. It's a kid show. That's a real thing. That's a thing that happens in real life. But there's yeah. no politics in Star Wars, remember? No politics in Star Wars. No. Meanwhile, back upstairs, Sabine pushes some buttons on the back of Zebo's head. And what happens, Chris? We get uh, projections of schematics. We see TIE bombers, the Lambda shuttle, and a bunch of other uh, prints. And I was like, hey, that shit looks really familiar. Yeah, because in there are uh, several scenes in A New Hope where you can see like little graphics on screens and stuff like mm-hmm. that on the Death Star. Mm-hmm. That's where that comes from. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, oh, imperial evil shit. Yay. Yay. Uh, Yay. But but yeah, he has all this data in his fucking head. Yeah, it's really important data. They learn things like all of the um, movements of troops on Lothal and how there is a five year plan for Lothal and the rest of the Outer Rim. Mm. What happens after five years? Oh, I'm sure everything will be fine. I'm sure they won't just glass everything and leave. Why would they do that? They've never done that before. Anyway, anyway, so yeah, the intel inside Sibo's <laughs> head is super important. So of course, Kanan's like, we need to smuggle him off of Lothal, but first we got to get out of the city. Okay. So now it's time to get, try and get back to the ship, right? So mm-hmm. they take out some troopers. They hijack a troop transport. Super fun. They take off. Uh, they're speeding directly towards a roadblock because there's that one highway <laughs> that leads out. We, we see this highway all the time. There's that one highway on Lothal that leads away from the capital city, right? Right. Oresco and uh, a troop transport and a couple of walkers, they have roadblocked this highway. Callus calls Oresco and is like, there has been a stolen troop transport. That's totally our people. Don't let them get past you. And Oresco's like, got it. He sees them coming and he says, That's far enough, rebel scum. And he, Hold up. Yeah, Hold up. Yeah. Is this our first rebel scum? Yes. I'm so excited. I fucking love it. Uh, So, hey, I'd like to introduce a new counter to the show. No, me first. Me first. Okay. Okay. okay, What is it? What is your counter? I was going to do a rebel scum counter. What were you doing? Oh, that's it. Me too. Samesies. Oh, my God. (laughs) Great minds. Yeah. So, ding. First ever ding on the rebel scum counter. I love that. You're always scum. Oh, insults that aren't insulting. Anyway, um, so yeah, Oresco orders them to fire the, the, the fucking walkers are firing, the troop transport is firing at, and Sabine's just gonna fucking floor it. Yeah. She's driving, by the way. Well, doesn't Kanan say punch it? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. There's no hyperdrive on the transport, Kanan. You just, you, there's a pedal. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Fucking troop transports are tough as shit because they just charge the roadblock and destroy it. Yeah. And then the rest of the Empire gives chase. And I wrote my notes. Are we going to fucking Fast and Furious Star Wars style? Yeah, we are. Yeah, absolutely. It is a... Except there's one road. Yeah, there's one road and it's it's perfectly straight. Yeah. 
There's no turns or anything. So yeah, there's another transport in pursuit. And he's got a couple of speeders with him because that's Callus. He's in that transport. He calls the Inquisitor and is like, hey, I've, I've got them. They're on the highway out of town. And the Inquisitor's like, cool, me and these two TIE fighters are on our way. Um, it is a legitimately cool chase. Yeah. Um, some of these troopers actually have some skills. Like one of them all is like SEAL Team 6 is his way onto the transport with the ghost crew. Right. Um, but then he gets fucking barroom brawl punched out by Kanan. That's how it works. And then Kanan force throws him out at the window, like you do. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really cool. There's some ramming. There's some jumping. Callus jumps up on top of their transport right about the time the ghost comes in. And Zeb is like, yes! Because <laughs> he gets to try and kill Callus. It's really cute. Again. <laughs> so, but there's the transport that's following is still a problem. So Hera sends Chopper back to the tail gun. And Chopper fucking shoots that transport down. Yeah. Good for him. He's so excited. He gives a little whoop whoop. Whoop 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 whoop. He whoop whoops when he murders somebody. So once uh-huh. again, uh, Chopper's uh, <laughs> steps towards becoming a, mur- a murder, uh, a mass murderer is his know, transformation. His is transformation. Complete. Yeah. So the ghost, like they don't have time because they are definitely being pursued. There are Tie Fighters coming, etc. They don't have time to just like pull over and calmly get out and get onto the ghost. So the ghost is going to have to scoop them up. Like you do. Uh, so uh, during all of this, though, there's a moment because they're talking about how there's TIE fighters incoming where Sibo goes, TIE fighters will begin mass production on Lothar within the next six weeks. Yay. And Ezra's like, you're just full of fun facts. Yeah, but file that away. I feel like that's important. That's really important. Yeah. Yeah. Just a little bit. Everybody's starting to jump from the transport up onto the ghost into the ramp, etc. Callus is clinging to the back of the transport, he gets up and he's like, "Raw!" and I'm going to attack. And he starts shooting at them. Kanan's like, go, go, go. Because he's got a lightsaber because he's a fucking Jedi. Because he's a fucking Jedi, yeah. And he starts going toe-to-toe with Callus. But is he there to attack and kill Callus? No. no. He's there to keep Callus busy uh, so that he can do a fucking amazing backwards force leap mm-hmm. up into the air mm-hmm. and just land on the ghost ramp. Again, every now and then, Kanan flexes his Jedi shit, and my pants fall off. (laughs) Off! So good! And yet, the only thing I notice is the fluttering of his horrible fucking ponytail. Anyway. You know what? You're going to have to let that bias go. Never! the The ponytail is here to stay until it's not. And when the ponytail leaves, everything is sad, okay? So enjoy the ponytail. The ponytail means we're happy. I said what I said. Okay, okay. Look, if I can come around on the mutton chops, you can come around on the ponytail. But I made some excellent points on the... Look. You think you can't grab that ponytail and just move that head around? Hmm. Duh. How is this not something that you've ever considered? Is it because you're bald and you have a hair bias? No, it's because that fucking hair gets in my fucking face and it's like like really uncomfortable. Why you make him keep it in a ponytail? All right, all right. I'll, I mean, I'll just think it over. Think it over. All right. All right. Okay. Anyway, so Callus, seeing the ghost crew start to get away, calls to the Grand Inquisitor and is like, hey, uh, the Rodian is definitely on board that ship right now. The rebel ship, as they call it. And so the Grand Inquisitor is like, excellent. He goes flying in. He and the TIE fighters are all pew, 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 pew at the ghost. The ghost crew inside are like scrambling to get to all battle stations and everything because this is bad. This is a barrage. Right. Uh, it's a problem. Uh, they get hit from behind. Zeb says, Carabast, ding, Star Wars profanity. Sibo <laughs> starts to glitch out. 
And he sees, it's like he finally blinks and sees Ezra, clearly, for the first time. Uh, and he starts babbling in hoodies and sort of like walking towards Ezra with his hands out. It's weird. And Ezra's like, Sabine, what is he saying? And Sabine goes, he says he knows what happened to your parents. What? Well, I'm really <gasps> looking forward for that to get resolved right now in this episode. Right, immediately. No, boom, end of episode to be continued. What? Yeah. Thanks, Rebels. Appreciate that. I was not expecting that, actually, because I forgot. Uh, so. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Oops. So, yeah, we will we will catch up with our heroes in the middle of this very tense situation. Yeah. Uh, next time, I guess. Next next time. Now, here's the thing. Huh. Most of the guys around here with ponytails are really into oh my God. <laughs> Hawaiian shirts and smelling like old sage. And they really insist on playing Imagine Dragons while you're trying to have sex with them. <laughs> you know, and I'm just like, mm. is it just radioactive on loop because of the beat? It's like the remix version that's acoustic or some shit nice. like that. No. Yeah. No, no. Be so maybe you. that's my association with the ponytail. That could be it. That could be it. And I'm not talking about a specific person, y'all. There were actually uh, multiple people like that where I used to live in Ventura. So maybe it's a Ventura thing. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe you should try again. Try, try again. Anyway, do you have anything else? No. <laughs> season one, episode eight, Empire Day. No? Okay, no, cool. We're good. <laughs> so then next time we will talk about Star Wars Rebels, season one, episode nine, Gathering Forces. Oh, that's such a, sounds like an uplifting, wonderful episode it's gonna where be nothing great. bad's going to happen. It's going to be great. Yeah. Nothing, nothing ominous or threatening. And yeah, <laughs> uh, we're going to try, we're going to try to do it internationally, y'all, because I'm going to be in France. So don't know about the <laughs> internet connection situation, but It'll bringing, be interesting. but I'm bringing my equipment with me. So we'll see. There had damn well better be a beret and a baguette in, in the Zoom call with you. A uh, girl, it'll be the afternoon for me. So I'm going to be wine drunk. Just let you know. Yay. Just let you know. <laughs> Excellent. Okay, so um, that's it. Are we ready to outro? Yes. All right. <clears throat> hey, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate that. We appreciate you. If you enjoyed the music at the top of the episode, uh, that was a gift to the show from one of our listeners. His name is Chorlesy. You can find him on the TikTok and the Instagram, I do believe, as at C-H-O-R-L-S-Y. He's delightful. Uh, if you'd like to hang out with us in between episodes, we're less delightful, but um, <laughs> funny. We're, we're funny. And bitchy. And mean. Anyway, you can find us on all the social media uh, uh on facebook instagram twitter and tiktok as at dark side divas also if you haven't subscribed to our podcast already please fucking do so for the mm. love of god no, I'm <laughs> what the fuck i don't know i'm just trying to switch you? it up uh we're available oh, okay. on any podcast platform just check them uh, look for us find us do whatever you're already listening to shows so what what are you waiting for also we have a youtube channel if you do a search for dark side divas on youtube.com you'll find our channel we're gonna be doing some shows there pretty soon subscribe you'll get notified about all that fun stuff we have a swag store, uh, redbubble.com forward slash official divas, where we sell t-shirts of our logos and the funny shit that we say. Also, stickers, mugs, etc. Go look at and pay for all the things. And last but certainly not least, patreon.com forward slash divas podcast. That's where you can go to see video unedited versions of our show. Uh, we do special one-off stuff. Uh, we do special events. And also, we have the greatest Discord community in a galaxy far, far away. It's very true. They're fucking great, you guys. Um, okay, is that it? That's it. 
All right, then I guess we say goodbye now. Bye. Bye. We have-